0: It's we're live <laughs> we're officially streaming officially i don't actually see it on you on the youtubes yet it's a little delayed i've seen
1: yeah youtube you know checking to make sure we don't say naughty words oh no
2: <laughs> it has an algorithm for that there we go it automatically deletes our naughty words did they really add that recently no, no I was gonna say. <laughs> like, no, no one would be that surprised. It is funny though, because like you totally believed us. Like this was not something that would be like out of bounds, right? Who knows? <laughs> what was on?
1: that? I, I saw the artist that was one of the original YouTube, uh, one of the original Google artists, and he he did this like cartoon that was like "Don't be evil," and then their next logo, and then the next logo, and it's like striking lines through it, <laughs> and then the last logo was "Hopefully they won't notice." <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh yeah, that's pretty much I think how it's working out.
1: So, did anybody find any rumors on how Kaseya got the key? No. Like, like I'm hearing anywhere anywhere from, you know, Biden talked to Putin directly to they paid to they hired a company to hack into Oh no,
2: they totally paid, but that's just my opinion.
1: Yeah, they went from yeah. 70 million, probably got it down to a nice cool 7.
2: Yeah, so. they they negotiated, they probably had a negotiator that like he this is a, this is a new profession, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. And they negotiated it down and you know, they were like, Oh, you know, 5 million is really not that bad guys. If we all pitch in, you know, <laughs> Hey, if we, if we just, if we just cut every employee's salary by yeah. 5%, not the executives. No, 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 no. You. Those guys get raises for bringing us out yeah, of hell. This is uh, fan, we really need
1: leadership. And he showed like rock solid leadership. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of BHIS Talking About News, which is beginning to look more and more likely that that is actually going to be what we're going to call this in the long term, because we are far too lazy to actually come up with something catchy. What we do have is that one, a catchy theme song. Um, we have no more free info, said the music is for reals. That is by oh, Bo Bullock, or Daft Hack. The man is awesome. So check out his stuff, which is very, very, very cool. Also... We have Noah is on, as always now. I mean, he's becoming a regular. And we have Ralph, who is definitely the regular, and Ryan, who we're still looking for a good excuse to fire, but he keeps (laughs) taking it away from us. Um, And he's let me
0: stay here a whole year now, so.
1: Yeah, Yeah, he's like the Wesley in the Dread Pirate Roberts. It's like like constantly, (laughs) very well done, Ryan. I'm very (laughs) likely (laughs) might fire you tomorrow if you do something wrong so it'll um, be inconceivable and i've had people call me out like they've dm'd me on twitter like you need to be nicer to ryan <laughs> <laughs> so no, no mean to. you no, know the, the man, first the day man
0: is- you call me the serial killer but that's because oh. i was wearing your shirt yeah
1: that's literally <laughs> that's
0: <word>. it was <laughs> literally your shirt
1: yeah that that was a bit creepy like <laughs> like it was that it wasn't it wasn't a bhis shirt and no. that plaid shirt is interesting because I gave it to Ed Skotis at the last like, hack fest that I did for the Sands Institute. And somehow it came into your possession. Um, I think <laughs> that Ed discarded it.
0: And, and, so, and Jason yeah, adopted it and he said, Here, put this on. Trust me, this is going to be fun.
1: <laughs> mm, smells like Old Spice and desperation. All right. So let's get jumped right into the story. Um, the first one that I want to talk about is the petty palm. Pettipotum vulnerability. Am I pronouncing that right? Because I mispronounce things horribly because my grasp of the English language is pretty poor.
2: Oh, don't ask me. I'm worse. I mean, no, it's Pettipotum. Yeah.
1: Pettipotum. Doesn't it sound petipodum. like it should be a it should be like a James Bond?
2: Like It's a Harry Potter uh, trick here of yeah. uh, <laughs> vulnerabilities. Now we have all the people that you
1: know are British are like your British accent is horrible. That's right, yeah, horrible because I'm not British. Um, <laughs> so the petty pot vulnerability. I want to set up a little bit of whenever you're talking about authentication, right? You can have the standard Kerberos authentication, Microsoft's implementation of Kerberos. You can also have Landman authentication, which some people will say, oh my God, that's really old. It doesn't exist. Stick with it. I'm going to talk about that here in a second. You can have NTLM, then you can have NTLM v2. So there's multiple different ways and multiple different configurations within these different authentication protocols that Microsoft uses. And it's important to understand they're authentication protocols. They are not hashing protocols. An example would be Landman Challenge and response is basically just sending your your, – I think it's a 16-byte challenge the server elicits to the client. The client then takes its uh, password hash, rolls it in with that 16-byte challenge, sends it back to the server, and then it uses that challenge to decrypt or, uh, I guess, unravel the password hash and check the password hash. All of this is sent clear text, by the way. Um, So it's a bad, bad, bad protocol. Now, why am I talking about landman? I'm talking about Landman because NTLM is the exact same as Landman authentication, except instead of sending the Landman password hash, it sends the NT password hash. Now, the difference between these password hashes is substantial. With Landman, you're basically taking your password. You're going to encrypt. You're going to use it as a key with DES, and you're going to encrypt KGSG! at symbol pound prompt dollar sign. And whenever you're using NT, it's better, it's still not great, but it's an NT, it's an MD4 hash of the password instead. So the problem with this is, is one, it's really, really, really easy to reverse pull out password hashes and crack them. And yes, you can reverse and you can crack passwords with net NTLM v2. Tools like Hashcat and John the Ripper have had it for years, except it's a lot more difficult. Now, whenever you get to other authentication protocols, they're more resilient against replay attacks because there's actual timestamp information. If you're looking at Landman and NT, there's no timestamp, there's no nonce, there's nothing. You can just basically replay authentication. But this particular vulnerability, it gets a little weird because, correct me if I'm wrong, Ralph, Like this one, like I can normally steal your password hash with NTLM and, and Landman, but this is weird. Because you can trick the domain controller to authenticate to you where you can reflect and you can actually get certificates for the domain controller. Am yeah. I reading that right? Because that's like a whole nother level of awesome. It's not even, so, a,
2: it's like a reflected relay of awesomeness attack. Yeah. So uh, let's step it back just a little bit. So the the way the way this is going to work is that, um, so w- when when you're normally on an internal network, we can capture net. Net NTLM V2 hashes, right? And and the way that we do that is we kind of solicitate them, right? And we'll use something like responder, might be an example of some way to um, you know, using uh uh what do you call it? Um like NTLM relay X and yes, some of those exactly. Tools, so right? we'll, we'll, hold on. So when we're using responder, what we're actually doing is we're we're poisoning uh the table, right? So that yes. we can and we're using there's two different protocols that we're actually attacking here that if they're enabled, LLM and R, for example and some of these to to, what what we're trying to convince users to do or systems, excuse me, is to authenticate to us. Okay. And they authenticate to our attacker controlled system via net or by sending their net NTLM V2 hash. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we capture that hash, that hash is salted. So it's unique with every transaction pretty much. If we are able to reverse the, plain text out of that, or pretty much the NTLM hash, we can get the user's password, right? So I can use Hashcat to try to guess user's password by having these hashes Not as super fast. But the point being is that I can, I already have some mechanisms to convince users to send hashes to me via our net NTLM 2 hashes, not their NTLM, that's different. These are authentication hashes, okay? And so we already have that, but this is a little bit different. What we can do with this vulnerability is we can actually send a request to a domain controller, and we can tell that domain controller to send its system hash to us, So we can just say, hey, computer or domain controller, send us your system hash, please. I, w- I would like that, right? And every computer in the domain has a, a, a hash, right? A, a password for the, for, the, uh, for the computer itself. It's a computer account. And that computer account, is it's not a password that you set up or anything like that. It's an account that Active Directory has. And so I can elicit the domain controller to send me that, that computer's hash, okay? Now, what that means, though, is that we can take this one step further. So another attack that we could do, and back to our, our further example, this is common, right? Or this is an attack that's been going on for a while, is in the responder example. So I was able to get these net NTLM v2 hashes sent to me. And that's cool. I could try to crack them. Or I could relay them. And that's when And that's the kicker. Yes. So relay X, right? And so what I can do is because this is salted and kind of has a time limit to me, I can elicit, right? Other computers are sending me these hashes. That's great. But then I could just throw those hashes back at other systems with the authentication of whatever that user was. If that user happens to have a high level of privilege in the domain, then I could send it at a computer. Maybe, you know, it's a, you know, fictitiously fictitiously speaking, let's say I was able to get like a domain administrator account and relay that hash to another system, maybe the domain controller. And now I'd be, I could do whatever, right? I could send it commands, I could do whatever in this kind of relay scenario. So stepping back to what this actual vulnerability is, is that if we can elicit the domain controller to send the, the computer, the just, it's not a user account, the computer hash, We can then relay that (laughs) to something else, okay? Now, what would be useful? Now, here is a kicker. You can't send the system account, right? Or the computer account, excuse me. You can't send the hash back to itself. So I can't relay it back on itself and be like, hey, uh, you know, you just sent this to supposedly some, yeah. But you can forward (laughs) it, right? That's something you can do. Because actually, that vulnerability
1: with that SMB reflection They actually Mm -hmm. fixed that vulnerability all the way back in 2008.
2: Yes. We can't send it back to itself, but we can send it to anybody else, okay? Anybody else. Now, there is a candidate that we would like to send it to, and that's the next piece of this attack, which is the uh, certificate authorities in the domain, okay? And so what we can do is we can send the the computer hash to a certificate authority, an active directory certificate authority, and request a certificate. Now this gets into Kerberos. We could request this or it, well, it will get to that point. We can request a SSL certificate for that machine, okay? And it will sign a request and give us that certificate. We can then take that SSL cert, and this is a, a user or an account cert. It's not like a, a, a cert for web traffic per se, right? It's the same kind of certificate. And then we could take that certificate, this SSL certificate and we can use something like rubyus or something like that and actually request a kerberos ticket which will be valid for that machine account right which is that, the domain controller just the domain controller and then once i have a kerberos ticket a valid kerberos ticket for the domain controller i could just log in as the machine on the domain controller DA, game over or anything else that anything you, you anything you want yes exactly now
1: now that that all sounds like 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 it's a lot of steps but It all basically boils down to, at the beginning, it basically allows you to force that domain controller to come to you
2: over NTLM. Yes. Right? Yes. You can beckon a domain controller or arguably any system in the domain to just send you its hash. Yeah. Cool. That is super useful, right? Yep. And then the second piece of it is actually related to certificate authorities. Now. I am going to put like the double, triple caveat in here. So there is a bunch of things that have to happen. One is this attack will work pretty much unconstrained right now. So like right now, any of us can go request this in TLM V2. There's not really anything that needs to be set up, but... To send it to a certificate, a certificate authority in the domain, that needs to be enabled, right? Mm-hmm. In addition, the ability to create user certs needs to be enabled. You know, and there's a couple other things that need to happen for this all to work out, right? So it's not quite just like insta DA, but it is a fun attack and it, it definitely, in a lot of environments, is totally possible to do.
1: So, so and, and I like to talk about vulnerabilities like this because I think it's it shows where the future is going, right? Like whenever people think about vulnerabilities, they tend to think in terms of, you know, buffer overflow, heap overflow style attacks. Very, very simple. I send this to a system and I get shells, right? And those are really easy vulnerabilities to get your head around. And then those are the vulnerabilities that tend to be patched the quickest. Uh, Josh Wright, a SANS instructor who took over 504 from me, he has this law. It's Josh Wright's law that many vendors will not patch or fix a vulnerability unless there is a Metasploit module that takes advantage of that vulnerability. And it's funny because, yeah, it seems to be kind of true, actually. When you start to get to these higher level vulnerabilities, you're not attacking something like a buffer overflow, right? You're actually attacking the architecture. And these particular vulnerabilities take more time to actually get patched. And then the worst thing is, a lot of these vulnerabilities, even after they're patched, there may be lingering side effects. So an example of something that was really, really, really basic but hard to patch, was years ago we had group policy preference files, back in the great year of 2008, or the year I like to call the year of Kaminsky. That's really when we started seeing the group policy preference file vulnerability. Microsoft released a patch. Problem was, the patch didn't overwrite all the GPP files, that used to have the password hash within it. So these vulnerabilities oftentimes just don't go away super easily. We may find another way to reflect it. So you see these vulnerabilities getting more complicated and inversely what happens is the likelihood of organizations to actually patch and deal with those vulnerabilities starts to go down because they're very difficult to start wrapping your header. So that's one of the reasons why I love this vulnerability with the reflection and bouncing it off of different services. And I'd love to get you guys' opinion on this. Usually whenever something like this happens, people start looking at additional other services to see if they can reflect and do the same type of thing. And it it doesn't just get patched and get fixed very quickly. Researchers start looking at additional services to try to replay a similar variant of this type of attack.
0: Yeah, and I was actually, like, I don't see any solid IOCs for this uh, attack. I'll admit I didn't start looking until during the webcast, but... Oh um, it, it would get interesting because, like you said where would you where would you even start to patch this? You'd almost have to start to patch this well, d- on the certificate authority well the the biggest thing is shutting down um
1: n t l m like that that's something true true correct me if i'm wrong i I think we've been shouting to shut down n t l m since two thousand nine or was I, it a six was it two thousand and six? I can't remember a six could turn out to be a nine, but I don't mind, but we've been basically telling organizations to shut that off, but once again. A lot of them are like, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Is it a Metasploit? No. Oh, oh, okay. Well, Nessus and Qualys and all of these tools, they tell me that I've got all these other like red and purple things I need to take care of first. And we'll get to those. And eventually a decade and a half later, we'll
0: get around shutting down <laughs> NTLM. Um, yeah. Organizations. I actually remember that when I was first getting into InfoSec, I was, I started out with some like Black Hills webcast. And one of the first webcasts I ever watched was, about ntlm and and what it was and and what you could do with it and but i I remember you adamantly saying like you should never have this turned on in your environment ever see and that's that's one of the things like
1: whenever we start talking about these vulnerabilities like link local multicast name resolution i think correct me if i'm wrong windows just recently within the past couple of months is disabling it by default right and we've been using that for a better part of a decade uh, we talked about, you know, responder and NTLM relay X, and using that to take advantage of that vulnerability. But what happens with these zero days or these types of vulnerabilities is they quickly become forever days because people don't actually <laughs> shut things like <laughs> NTLM down or enable SMB signing properly. So these things just continue to lurk and linger in an environment for a long, long, long time. Uh, Erica Zeli just said, "But, but, but, but change control, right?" <laughs>
2: uh, so. We do need NTLM Net. That- uh, auth. I mean like we're just you know this is this is all part of it. There there is some mitigation controls that Microsoft said. And in fact they were just kind of like this really isn't a vulnerability because Oh I hate like it. The, I hate that <laughs> we
1: had that problem um, uh years ago whenever Bo came up with the uh the uh, uh, two-factor authentication bypass with OA where basically you could go to an OA portal you could use mail sniper and you could hit the OA portal to enumerate user IDs and password hashes and then you could go to Exchange Web Services to authenticate and bypass that two-factor authentication. And Microsoft's yep. total response to that was, oh, well, if that's the way people want to configure it, I mean, people are going to do <laughs> what people are going to do, I guess. you know." So, And by the way, thank you, Microsoft. That allowed us to gain access to systems at BHIS for the better part of five years.
2: So, It's a feature, right? It's a, fe- it's a feature. feature. It's a feature.
1: Speaking of features, do we want to move to... Uh, how to mitigate Microsoft Windows 10 and Windows 11 serious SAM vulnerability?
2: They they just have a serious attack going on. Just everything with Microsoft right now. <laughs>
1: well, and to be fair, Linux had that vulnerability. I can't remember the name of it, but it was a local privilege escalation vulnerability as well, which we can talk about that too. But <laughs> I, I love it. Before Windows 11 comes out, like like officially, all over the place, people are already putting in their 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 titles. How to Mitigate the Vulnerability in Windows 10 and 11. Ooh, 11, the new hotness. The new hotness has it. Now, this one's a lot easier to take advantage of. You said that, you know, when you're talking about Petty Potom, Petty (laughs) Potom, there's a lot of things that have to line up, and they often do. Mm -hmm. This one seems to be a lot more, like, straight on the nose. You want to talk about this one a little bit, Ralph?
2: Yeah, sure. So this one is attacking the local sam file. So the the kind of the the high level here is that this isn't supposed to be possible, okay? Um you're not supposed to be able to read the sam files and, as, as a as a standard unprivile- user, yeah. As a standard user, unprivileged user. As an administrator sure you can do this. And so the the way it works is that it's using the volume shadow copy and if your system, so this is kind of where the caveats come in again for this attack. You do have to have a system that has more than 128 gigs of space right like on the os which nowadays
1: my chromebook is safe
2: yes (laughs) and so and then uh the other thing is that volume shadow copy does need to be running and only certain versions of windows 10 are affected even though it's a large swath of them it's not just like only one version very specifically how Um, many versions of windows 11 though uh, i don't know Who knows? it's been like a mad dash for people testing out all the different versions and saying it and, works in this it doesn't work and in watching
1: this. that on twitter like the pen testing community is like it works here it's like you know they're running yeah, around looking yeah. for golden exactly yeah, yeah i got it to
0: work. <laughs> it yeah, works it's been great and, uh, so, and this so was it,
1: introduced by a patch right this was a vulnerability that was introduced that reduced the permissions the security permissions yeah
2: That's pretty much what happened. And so uh, really what happens is, is that if the system is vulnerable, which now there's a bunch of tools that can check quickly, if volume shadows copy, blah, 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 you can read the SAM file. And so you'll get local administrator or local accounts, right? So local NTLM hashes on the uh, system. Most of the time in uh, like a legitimate scenario, the way this would be useful is privilege escalation. Okay, so I was a regular user. Now I have the administrator account or some other account on there that is an administrator, and I have the NTLM hash, and now it can auth. Now, in certain scenarios, though, if you're using LAPS or you've disabled the Red 500 account and some other kinds of security controls where possibly there is no current local administrator account, this would not be useful. But in all the well, other scenarios... Wait, you but
1: know. let's back up on that. So let's, let's talk about LAPS, right? So LAPS <laughs> yep. allows you to actually change the local administrator account to be a different randomized password. For each that's local great. administrator account yep. which is great that's that's awesome do that that that's a good idea however years ago we we used to always go after that account get the password hash then we could do pass the hash to multiple workstations because the local administrator account would be the same on all those systems so the hash would yep. be the same the problem is when many organizations they have other accounts that they put on systems for like backup services, remote management systems, things like that. So yes, we may not be able to take advantage of the local uh, the local administrator account, but if your organization has other services that install an administrative-like account, remember LAPS only applies to RID 500 or the built-in local administrator account. If you add in other administrative-level accounts, then we gain access to those password hashes using Sirius SAM. So I just wanted to clarify, yes, the utility is far less now than it was a few years ago, but we do see environments very commonly that'll have multiple different local accounts that are an administrative level account. So sorry, go ahead, Ralph. <laughs> it completely derailed you.
0: Yeah, so, I totally lost. <laughs> and Ralph, just, just for the sake of some of the viewers, like what is stored in the SAM Oh,
1: yeah. So cool. The, uh, so the security account manager, whenever you're looking at a Windows system, um, there's a bunch of stuff there. But the stuff that we're predominantly interested in are password hashes. So if you're looking at it, there'll be the, usually you'll have the username and then a colon and then the RID, which is a number. So RID 500 is administrator. 501 is the guest account. Then the other accounts that aren't the built-in two accounts start at 1001 and work their way up. So like if I have an account, it'll be like 1004 will be my RID for my account on a system. And then there'll be another colon. There'll be the blank landman password hash, which is AADB3, and I can't remember the rest of it. And then there'll be a colon, and then there'll be the NT password hash, which is a straight MD4 hashing of your actual password. So if we can get access to the SAM, we can actually pull all of the user accounts, their RIDs, IDs, and we can gain access to the landman if that even exists anymore. But it's always stored there, even if it's empty and then colon and then the NT password hash as well. So we'll be able to pull all of those things. So the problem is you have it someplace secure and use volume shadow copy that makes a snapshot backup of your system. So if you ever reboot your system a whole bunch of times, it'll say, hey, do you wanna restore from a previous version of Windows? That's volume shadow copy. And then it will basically store it there and then you can pull it out. Now, the thing I think is hilarious about this is it just did a webcast like two, three weeks ago on ransomware. And we were talking about Racine, and we were like, with the VS admin utility, you can do snapshots. You can create those volume shadow copy snapshots. And then I was like, and no one ever uses delete ever. <laughs> so, except for ransomware attackers, they're the only people that are going to use the delete command. And now you literally have blogs telling organizations to use the VS admin tool <laughs> to go through, or VSS admin <laughs> tool to go through and delete all the volume shadow copies. It's like, cut. Damn it. And then there's also some articles that talk about actually changing the permissions. But I, I think this is going to be something that Microsoft is going to fix relatively quickly. I don't think that they can look at this and be like, it's a feature. It, yeah, yeah, I
0: don't think one, they can call this out. one a feature. <laughs> not very, not What's not that? very easily. What's that? I don't think they can call this one a feature. That, that no. would be the stretch at like the highest level.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. there's There's just absolutely no way.
2: Wait for that patch, guys. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming.
1: <laughs> But in the meantime, if you're a red teamer, or a pen tester, just it's awesome. Have at it. There's, already,
2: there's already some uh, Cobalt Strike uh, pre built execute assemblies to just give you all that sweet love, tell you if it's there or not, if it's vulnerable. I mean, everything you want and more.
1: So, Bodo uh, Bodio? Bodio, I'm going to go with Bodio, uh, said, I turned on NTLM v2 once and the whole organization turned upside down as lots of stuff stop, uh, stopped working. You know what I can tell you about your environment, Bodio, is there's a lot of legacy technology. Um, (laughs) If I had to guess, it would be like a university, a hospital, a Uh, military installation, a bank, pretty much anywhere, I I guess. So the problem is a bunch of applications, they actually do use NTLM, or God help you, there's some that actually still require a landman authentication. That mm -hmm. gets into a whole nother conversation about legacy technologies integrating with Active Directory. But I think that Bodio's cautionary tale that he put out uh, serves Uh, everybody to like be careful before you do these.
2: speaking speaking of landman too that's the other thing too if you can do a downgrade attack on that uh that uh process right so sending the um getting that NTLM uh, net v2 hash if you're able to get a a downgrade to a lm hash you can crack that thing so fast it's unbelievable my (laughs) cell phone can crack it like it's ridiculous right
1: (laughs) and zdhd (laughs) asked uh will rainbow tables on sam files ever be a thing they actually won't stop being a thing Rainbow tables work just fine on because it hasn't been fixed. The landman and the NT password hashes, the problem with those password hashes is they don't use salt. So there's no randomization. Mm -hmm. So if I crack a hash once for like Apple, you know, unicorn, whatever, ice cream, then that password or those (laughs) passwords will have the same hashes all over the world. Yeah. Now, I don't think we use rainbow tables as much as we used to because we could just go straight into dictionary attacks with word mangling, which tends to be far more effective these days.
2: So. Yeah, so it's two things, right? Just to, to hit up, why, why don't we do use rainbow tables if they're not actually broken? So a hash with a salt would obviously prevent a rainbow table from working. But the reason we don't use it is because they get really big really fast, right? You know, an eight-character rainbow table is something like, uh, I, I don't know, it's like 20, 30 terabytes or something. And so now you need a system that can scan through well, that quickly. It, it it The problem is they get bigger, right? As we yep. add another character, right? And we want to cover it the doubles. whole key space. Yeah, it doubles exactly. almost every time. Yep, exponential. And it, it gets really wild. Now, the thing is, is that we're telling customers, rightfully so, or, you know, anyone who will listen, hey, use like 12 character passwords, a minimum or whatever, you know, to make these long characters. Now, for us to still attack those, right, we start looking less at about the full key space and more about how people make passwords. And that's where Hashcat and other things can actually try a lot faster. And truth be told, currently with how fast GPUs are and how many we can throw in one system, an eight character NTLM hash stands no chance nowadays, especially mm-hmm. in a brute force scenario. So it, it really doesn't really pay off. And the big question is whether storage is faster or graphics cards and because of Bitcoin mining and other kinds of cryptocurrencies, graphics cards are fast. And so, yeah. yes, that's why we do it. And we can use passwords that are crazy long. Like, I've cracked 20 character passwords before. You might be like, how did you do it? Well, they used a phrase well, or a sentence that's yes. really common, right? So.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's key, right? Whenever we're talking about passwords. Years ago, Wired, whenever they first were writing about, whenever they were talking about GPU cracking, they were like, oh, they can totally crack 21 character passwords. And it's like, that's a little bit of a deceiving statement. They're not brute forcing a 20 or a 21 character password, right? That takes Mm -hmm. a long time, like a really, like we're talking a long time. Usually what they're doing is they're using some type of dictionary style attack where they're using word mangling and then putting combinations and using phrases as well. So yeah, that's the passwords are fun. I think passwords are going to be here for a while.
0: I, yeah, I know no, that we've had a couple anywhere. of shows where people are like,
1: "Oh, passwordless society. It's like, I don't think so." I don't think so
2: <laughs> My voice is my password.: <laughs> Yeah, for
1: me access. It's like I remember even when I was a kid and I saw that. I was like, "That's dumb. Couldn't somebody just Couldn't somebody just like record that? Like Would that, would that work, or am I an idiot? Uh, I'm, like, uh... I'm like 10 years old. Do we want to talk about? Do we want to move to the ransomware section
0: of the show? There's oh, a lot this, for that topic.
1: Uh, we, have, uh, we have special
0: theme music for the ransomware section. Do we? We do. No. We need.
1: We need <laughs> Bo to come up with ransomware segment music. Um, something with like a Just face so peeler, like, like, <laughs> like you know. It's like no, you've gone to hell and Satan's playing guitar. Now. That's uh. what we need. So Kaseya got the decryptor key and.
2: Dun, dun, dun. Let's
1: go around. How do you guys think they got it? I know we talked about this already pre show banter.
2: But... I actually, here's my prediction a guy was driving in a truck and it fell out like a USB out of drive fell out, out <laughs> the back of the truck mm-hmm. out near their office corporate headquarters. And somebody picked it up and it said decryption key on it. And they brought it inside. That's so how they got it.
0: I, I could I, believe that. My, my thought was that they just asked nicely and they were like, oh, yeah, you know what? Here you go. <laughs> I, I think that there was a firm
1: talking to to the ReEvil ransomware group. They're like, look, guys, this isn't cool. You guys can <laughs> do it was a you guys you better. And we're do your jobs? I, think, I think all of your parents would be disappointed. And you're like, oh,
2: shucks, yeah. mister. Here's the key. I'm not, I'm not upset with you. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: just disappointed. <laughs> uh, it's impressive what you all did. I mean, a zero day against a web portal. Part of me is proud. I'm not afraid to admit it. But after that yeah. it's like it's like leave it to beaver hacking. Oh my it's like God. oh jeez really dad. Um so and then there's some theories that Biden called um called up <laughs> called up Putin in Russia and was like you know look you here's to, the deal. Here's the deal. We're not Putin
2: up with you anymore.
1: <laughs> we're we're tired of this malarkey. Give us the key Putin's like Aw shucks, Mr. Biden, your folksy ways from Scranton just showed us what showed us what we need to do, and out came the key. Oh, um, but yeah. let's 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 be honest. Whenever you're looking at all these different things from a suitcase that fell off of a truck, usually money. Um, yeah. they, <laughs> they they were probably like, you know, I know you're asking for was it fifty seventy million dollars? Who cares at this point? But how about we pay you five and we call it a day? And mm. uh, they're like, sure, here's the key.
0: <laughs> bitcoins that, y'all that was four more than we were expecting to get from you i know ethereum I know. and
1: Ethereum and bitcoin y'all just just coming coming all over the place there they so have, I, they, say, I,
2: they have a money machine like one of those little guns just, but instead of dollars it. it just sends out little bitcoins right yeah just, you know shooting it at reevil now the other thing i
1: think is interesting is we had Darkside and reevil they shut their website down and they disband quote-unquote disbanded As soon as we don't vacation. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Eh, eh, I mean,
2: eh. uh,
0: I mean, if someone gives me $5 million, like I'm probably going on vacation too. So yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) They're taking a break or no. They call on the run from the
1: feds. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Where are we going kids? Are we going, are we going to the beach dad? No, we're going to the basement of an abandoned warehouse. Children. (laughs) (laughs) We're having a walkabout.
2: Yeah, they weren't shutting down. They were
0: rebranding. Okay, They're rebranding
2: as a new. I still under- think that's
0: what Darkside was doing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I am to this day convinced that Darkside is just going through a rebranding. Yeah, or yeah, or they're under coming. new management now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> new management, yeah.
2: That's my favorite time when you drive by some restaurant like under new management. Like the other ones was horrible.
0: Now it's better. Sorry, but a yeah, we, we acknowledge that we had crappy management before, and now we're trying to do a little better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anonymous just said, "Don't mind the jet ski,
1: son. We're in hiding." Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, I, I, I don't know. That's got to be a really stressful career. I'm sure that they make lots of money, and that's great. But I, I don't know. It sounds like it's a super stressful way of living. I wish you could remember, years ago, there were some attackers. I think that they were part of the Get Rich or Die Trying group that actually gained access to TJ Maxx. I think they got a hold of Gonzalez. This is a long time ago. But one of them was transitioning through Turkey. He was on the run. He was wanted. And he was with his girlfriend. And they were transitioning through Turkey. And Turkey arrested him. And the United States, like, Turkey's like, hey, we got this hacker that you guys have been looking for. And the United States authorities are like, what, Turkey, you got him? And they're like, yeah. United States authorities are like, we good. <laughs> We're fine. <laughs> you take care of this one for us. Um, so that's just just see the attacker. I'm not getting extradited to the United States. Nope. Nope. <laughs> have you ever heard of Turkish prisons? <laughs> You're going to love it. It's uh, the gulag. It's the gulag. Right? <laughs> if you're lucky.
2: Oh, if you're so, lucky.
1: I do want to keep this thing rolling, so I want to keep on the Kaseya like bandwagon for just a couple more seconds because this whole this whole thing turns dark real quick. We, we're talking about Turkish prisons. I'm um, just going <laughs> to lighten it up here. He uh, Kaseya is making their their customers sign a non disclosure agreement to get the key
2: standard operating procedure everyone knows this is
0: it (laughs) (laughs) after all when you do things that are perfectly normal you always tell people not to tell them about it yes exactly
2: anytime you're in a conversation they're like you know what we're gonna help you out but you need to sign this non-disclosure that means something man
1: it's like it's time to take a couple steps back and be like
0: did they throw in a year of uh uh identity protection give <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, but Europe. laughs> life lock.
1: dude i'm telling you it's good his social security number was on the side of trucks and you just <laughs> you only got his the jam-
2: stolen twice
1: champ the, the, the jelly of the week club we're going to sign you up for that too <laughs> i true. i don't i don't understand like what the hell is going through people's heads at Kaseya. like i know it's attorneys right i've been part of these conversations what happens, you get a bunch of attorneys like, well, what we need to do is we need to have every single one of our customers sign a non-disclosure agreement. And there's no one in the company that's standing up and being like, yeah, that's dumb. Let's not do that. <laughs> um, I know that he's an attorney. I know he's got lots of degrees or she's got lots of degrees, but they're idiots and we need to fire them. Let's <laughs> not do, dear God, what they just said. Because like, I want you to like think this through. Like, number one. Is it going to work? I, you all have heard of the Streisand effect, right? Where let's say Kaseya said, here's the secret sauce. This is how we got the key back. By calling attention to it through a non-disclosure agreement, and they've got literally thousands of customers, that crap is going to get leaked, right? Oh, yeah. There, there, yeah. There's no way that yeah. it's not going to get leaked. So if you believe that having someone sign a non-disclosure agreement means they're not going to talk about it at home with their significant other, with their kids when they're out jet skiing, um, <laughs> if you don't think that they're going to have that conversation, you're uh, an idiot attorney. I, I read that you on... I shouldn't say idiot. That's really a pejorative. How about a, an ignorant attorney? Ignorant. Let's stick with that. A ignorant. Ignorant is a good word in the best possible way.
2: Ah, uh, I read. Go ahead. I was gonna say I read this on on Twitter. It was uh, anything that you tell someone to like keep us say, you know, hey, keep this a secret. <laughs> they are going to tell their significant other. Just know that uh, that other person will know too, right? Like that's probably well, gonna happen, right?
1: Even even when I was working in the clear world, and Ralph, you've been in the military. Even the military, like whenever I was in ISO, we knew people were gonna talk to their significant others. I mean, we'd like yeah. to pretend, and I'm kind of out, so I, I could talk about this now. But if it ever came out, like, oh, we think this guy told his wife, or she told her husband, it's like. Okay, (laughs) like what? What what now? Right. So, so they're gonna talk, and then the other thing is, from a legal perspective, I kind of, and I'm not an attorney, mind you, even though I'm I'm ragging on attorneys pretty hard here, I kind of don't think it's enforceable, and I I want to explain why. The Consumer Fairness Protection Act pretty much makes it illegal for companies to put non-disclosure agreements, gag orders, on their customers, like. you, I don't think you can do that. If yeah. we have an attorney that's, that's listening, maybe they can clue us in. But I'm 99% certain. I could be wrong. That 1% is a big 1%. Probably that's much larger control. than 1%. That's birth control for you. <laughs> I, I kind of think if it got to court and they're like, well, John Strand told people about how we achieved this key. We received this key <laughs> from Vladimir accurate. Putin by way of Biden. He gave it to us personally. I don't that's think – I, I think the Consumer Fairness Protection Act allows customers to talk to each other about the services that you receive from a company. I, I don't I, – I, and not only that, Consumer Fairness Protection Act actually retroactively invalidated every single nondisclosure agreement that a company put on their customers as well.
2: All I got to say is as soon as they said this, I'm like, you definitely paid, man. Like I don't – You think no that other... that's it? That's what leads <laughs> yeah. you to think. You, you dealt your cards. You're like, okay, guys, we're telling you, we're giving you the encryption key, but you can't tell anyone how we got it because we, hey, yeah,
0: yeah, and, I, I'm with Ralph on that one. That was the first I, thing I that I have, saw. I think I'm gonna when to I saw agree that, too. I'm like, nope, that's that's definitely what happened. It was yeah, it was
2: either that or Biden was making a phone call, and I'm really leaning the other direction. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Like,
0: <laughs> well, okay, and I, so the Biden phone
1: call thing, I I kind of am against that. Because if Biden was able to make a phone call to Vladimir Putin and get the key personally, there's no freaking way politically – and I'm not talking just Biden, right? Any politician, if they're able to pull that crap off, like they're walking around town, waving the key around. Look what I got you I got the key! (laughs) I mean (laughs) there's no way they're keeping that crap quiet,
0: right? There's a parade. There's There's a parade. There's a parade. (laughs) <laughs> yeah
1: it's it's there's no way i i seriously i i if i had to put my money down i i would say they paid, and i seriously don't think they paid like 50 or 70 million
2: dollars no no they, they got a, they got a they got a sweetheart deal you know
1: yeah and the, the but the, one of the articles i don't know if it's this one that ryan threw up on the screen or not
2: i love how there's a bunch of
1: quotes from companies that paid the ransom separate of kaseya they're like so we 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 paid are we getting a refund now like how does that work <laughs> um so hey hey
2: i, so, I, I thought this is a groupon guys come on yeah. come on I'm, now, no, now no.
1: whenever you look at the customer support issues surrounding this logistically i can understand why the reevil gang shut down they're like i don't want to support this crap like uh i don't want people contacting me and being like hey can i get a refund no i'm, I'm yeah, sure i didn't that want to run
0: important. the helpline anymore i mean yeah. jesus oh my God. Yeah, I decided to get my encryption key from someone else, so I'm yeah. just going to be returning this one. It's within 30 days of purchase. It's fine. Yes. I have a receipt. <laughs> I can pull, those, I can pull that dollars.
1: Bitcoin back, right? Uh, Zelli, store credit. Erica Zelli had a question. Can a company store hit you credit. with a lawsuit for talking about proprietary information that's already on GitHub publicly? They can if they're the government. Like, I knew from a clearance perspective, if something was classified and it was released publicly, I was not able to discuss it. But yeah, I honestly, I, I don't, I don't, th- they can sue. Okay, let me back up, Erica. You can always be sued. Uh, so remember <laughs> that, that idea. axiom in this industry. Anytime you're ever like, well, we want to prevent us from getting sued. Wrong question. Question is, can you be sued successfully? And there's, mm. I, I think that there's a lot of variation in that. I know there were some old DMCA lawsuits where there were certain um, pirated keys and things that were put on publicly and they tried to go after some people. And they tried to use the defense that it was already loaded in a bunch of places already. I think 2,600 was actually sued because they posted a link that had another whole bunch of links of other pages that had the keys for, I think it was encryption for DVDs. And uh, they they were basically still sued, I believe, successfully. Don't quote me on that. Because their whole entire defense was it's already all over the internet, and the judge was like, "No, that doesn't apply." So I could be wrong
2: on that. The thing about this lawsuit thing, though, is whenever I think of these large companies, like think uh, like uh, Google, Apple, Microsoft, right? You're not going to sue them. I I don't care how much you think (laughs) it's right or wrong. Like you, they could just (laughs) beat you in court forever. Like even if they're right,
1: (laughs) and even if they sue you, right? Like you can try suing them, but if they come after you. Right? They have more attorneys than you have dollars in your bank
0: account. Just, just give up and roll over at that just
1: point. Give up and roll over. You play dead. Do. play dead, Noah. Play dead. You
2: know, there's there's one thing I always remember and that's pick your battles, right? Is this one worth yeah. fighting? And, yeah. you know, a lot of times and and anytime there's a lawyer involved, she's like, "No, I'm out, man." Like yeah, this, this is not worth it. This talking. is all money. It's all money, man. It's all money. So, it's not about you and so me. so
1: years ago, Security Weekly. I got to tell this story. Um, so Paul, as a Dorian, he named his podcast Paul.com. It was all spelt out, right? And uh, the um, the guy that owned the domain, Paul period com, Paul.com, <laughs> was actually a, a domain squatter. That's literally what he did is he bought domains and then squatted and then sold them. We basically went through all these different things to try to get the domain and purchase the domain, do it legally. And the guy kept on telling us, he's like, look. I'm like five steps ahead of you guys, just fricking pay me. And this is going to go so much better for you than you guys trying to go through your attorneys. Of course, Paul is all like, no. And he's talking to me. I'm like, let's get him. Larry's like, let's get him. <laughs> so we're, we're, and then of course the attorneys for Paul are like, let's get him. And here's our bill. They love uh-huh. this idea of going yeah, after this.
0: This time. is amazing.
1: This is a great thing, right? So what we eventually found out is the guy, I can't remember the guy's name, but he actually had a partner that was an attorney and he could literally generate legal documents for free. And we, anytime we had to do anything with our attorneys, we had to pay like hundreds of dollars an hour. And Mm -hmm. that's whenever we realized it was just like the, the asymmetry of the entire thing. It was impossible. And like Paul rebranded to security weekly, like overnight and abandon everything associated with paul.com. But that gets into that whole thing. You can always be sued number one. Don't sue IBM, don't sue Google, <laughs> don't sue Apple. They're they're going to grind you into the dirt and if you have got to be careful about who you take advice from because if you're taking advice from attorneys that are like you can totally win this, Ralph. We can fight this. <laughs> what they mean is you have a lot of money, Ralph. Yeah, and we I want take that it from money. You. We got to so give that money you, to us. As long as, long as, as you, you got, got money, money, Ralph, I'm on your side.
2: Oh of. yeah,
0: then that's how lawyers work,
1: and that's how that's how <laughs> lawyers make.
0: Interestingly money. enough, that's almost how ransomware operators work too. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. have money, and we want. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, that that's that's good. Oh jeez. So yeah, it's like so we oh. want to fight
1: these guys. I'm like, do you do you really want to fight these guys? Yeah, we're not going to pay them a dime. We don't pay terrorists, and I want to go after these attackers. Really yeah sure like you know because this is what they do for a living oh my god all right so i, th- I think that's good do we have any other stories that y- we all want to hit or do you think that we got a good smattering today
2: a smattering we got a little ransomware we got multiple it's microsoft all right, vulnerabilities all right. all right. and i mean i deserves. think that's yeah. enough
1: that's let, let's look at this from this week like we have the kaseya thing with the key we have yeah. two vulnerabilities in Microsoft. One's a domain takeover. One's a local privilege escalation. There's the vulnerability in Linux. It's like, it's a busy week in the world of computer yeah. security.
2: It's a busy Bingo. week. Bingo. Yeah, yeah, Microsoft's having a bad, well, they had a bad last week, and it's like rolling over into next week, you know. <laughs> the, it's,
0: Part yeah. two. It's just busy at Microsoft. Right? Uh, yeah. I mean,
2: you know, it's, uh, it's tough being on top of that. Whatever that heap is, Whatever that is, the one with all
0: the lawyers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: But you know what? At this point, they're used to it. Yeah. I mean, I feel a little bit bad for them, but they can handle it. Microsoft, you can take it. We need you, you, Microsoft, because we We... need someone to take on Google and Amazon.
2: (laughs) Yeah, the epic war of worlds.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I still think it's funny that Ralph has a has a drawing of Jeff Bezos' starship on his server rack. I think that's (laughs) that's kind of cute and adorable.
2: It is actually, and Jeff Bezos is—I mean, he's an astronaut, so why not? Actually, I, they're going to take okay. his
1: astronaut wings away. from No, that's I just know. funny. <laughs> oh,
2: what does this world come to?
1: I, I hate how that. So I wear cowboy hat and cowboy boots a lot. I hate that that jackass has ruined cowboy hats and cowboy boots for me.
2: Like you're it's tired like, ruined, dude. Now you're yeah, just like the old billionaires out there flying. People to the are moon.
1: Looking at, "What does a good thing he is, Jeff Bezos?" <laughs> Jonathan King says astronaut in yes. quotes yes so we're, we're all for sending we're all for sending billionaires
2: into space coming back nobody wanted him to come back by the way there was a big yeah. <laughs> there was a big petition not to let him come back it
0: like, wasn't gonna work It's so cold there was so many there was so many petitions though there was like multiple of them and it was like <laughs> i'm like i didn't know what was going on at first and i just saw this petition to not let, Je- let, let Jeff Bezos return to earth and i'm to like wait what, what?
1: <laughs> you know what? And you almost feel bad for him, like, and then you realize that he's the world's richest man, and you realize he's going to be okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. He, he's yeah. going to handle
1: this. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. This is a small bump in a flight out of hers.
1: Jeffrey Jeffrey. <laughs> that
2: that and he's going to be fine. Oh. I, I just want to yeah. know,
0: like, how would they have enforced that if it would have passed? If they would have got enough signatures on those partitions. Down, <laughs> they just shot
2: it down on the way back. <laughs> there was like it's a one-way trip, guys.
0: <laughs> That's so (laughs) not funny. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be laughing at that. That's so funny. But then he would still be returning to Earth, technically. So, I I mean, you'd have to go to, like, an escape orbit and, like, send them 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 to Mars.
1: Send them to Mars. He can do the the, the pre-mission for Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. By the way, Jonathan King had a a thing that's relevant to the show. Um, He said banning (laughs) cryptocurrencies. That's not going to get rid of cryptocurrencies or ransomware. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think it was, wasn't it Kevin Mandia? that was going on the news and basically saying, well, if you support cryptocurrencies, you're supporting ransomware and organized crime. And I'm like, so, so Kevin and I have a history. So I'll just, Kevin, that is like the third or fourth dumbest thing I've ever heard you say. (laughs) Um, that's like so so bad.
2: Using (laughs) dollars and being like, you're supporting drugs every time you buy something with dollars.
1: Yeah. Every time Mm -hmm. you use a credit card, you're, you're, you're supporting crime. You know, it's like, we live in a capitalist society kevin like you you
2: wanted this, you
0: wanted this. <laughs> well, yeah and like at one point there was a period of time and i don't know if it's still going on but i, I read several articles where the underground in hawaii was using canned spam as a currency <laughs> and they were exchanging it for drugs so, so I, you can really spam, use anything as a currency so if i use
1: spam i'm, I'm supporting drug use in hawaii is that what you're saying yeah
0: that's that's what using the same logic yes that's correct it's crazy it's crazy wow it's what we do we don't realize no more stuff you don't think about it's the stuff you don't think about get you every day
1: Yep. as you're on your phone reading about people at foxconn throwing themselves off the top of buildings going huh that's horrible scroll
2: Mm. scroll next article
1: (laughs) (laughs) there we go
0: all right well this this whole
1: episode was gallows humor Yes, people are like, yes. why are you laughing about this? Because sometimes it's literally the only way that we can cook.
0: Yeah, Um, therapy. It's
1: that or drinking, and I don't drink alcohol anymore. This is what you have. All right, mm. so that's it, everybody. Let's wrap it up. Ryan, take us out, sir.
0: There's this one article here that says, you know, nasty Mac OS malware uh, XC, like XC set or whatever, however you say that one. I read that as the m- malware was called nasty. Like nasty, <laughs> the Mac OS malware. <laughs> Shuffle those letters around and yeah, it could go together. If I ever make malware, that's what I'm gonna have to name it, I guess now. Oh no, we've been infected with nasty. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> I swear that some people who name malware, they they do name it just so that way that some there's some awkward CEO meeting where they have to explain that they've been in hacked by like uh, boobs s or something, you know, like it, it's just whatever, you know. They they come up with these obscene names because they're like these should never take place in a in a uh, professional environment, and then they're like, but wait, they will. It's not just malware; like a lot of infosec tools go that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they went away from the cool names like Cobalt Strike, and then they went to just random crap after a bit. (laughs) That's the next one. It's literally going to be called random crap. (laughs) The random (laughs) crap malware. I'd like to introduce my new C2 framework. It's just called random crap. (laughs) Oh no, I think I've detected some random crap beacons. Wait, what? What are you talking about over here? (laughs) See, it's brilliant. It works. (laughs) What's that over there? Oh, that's just some random crap. Oh, okay. Oh, that's old. That's some old no, you should have crap. been looking into that. It was random crap, the application. <laughs> yep, that's it now. You, you just, if I, I'd have to like go spend a lot of time with Joff, learn how to make a C2 channel, and then, yeah, I'm going to name it random crap.